Bye. Short Bus Debate Club. It's a bus. Rolling. get on board. <laughs> Hello, I'm Darren Jolly. <laughs> it's time to get this short bus started. So let's roll and on with the show. Hello listeners, this is Brian Courtney with Short Bus Debate Club. Uh, this episode I'm very excited because we are going to be talking about dystopian movies. Um, our favorites, why we like them, why we don't, and just, you know, Basic bullshitting. As always, I got Darren Jolly here with me. Get on the bus. Get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, short bus debate club. Um, dystopian movies. Well, first of all, I need to kind of define something because I thought of a dystopia as something entirely different than the definition. So the definition <laughs> is society... Um, basically defined by squalor, overcrowding, and what was the other thing, Darren? I can't remember. It's just not really good. Yeah. <laughs> Dystopia suck. Um, a society characterized by human misery as squalor, oppression, disease, and overcrowding. Now, generally speaking, I have always counted the oppression part, and for some reason, all of the dystopian movies that I can think of have the squalor part, um, especially those that are, you know, trying to fight the the rebels or whatever. Um, most of them have overcrowding. And I guess like uh, Johnny Mnemonic, there is definitely disease there. Um, and that was a cool fucking movie too. I wasn't even thinking of that one until just now when I thought about the disease thing. I never seen Johnny Mnemonic. What? I haven't. Dude. That's it's that's Keanu Reeves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, where he's got a fucking uh, storage in his head. What? Computer storage, and he's a uh, basically he's. A transporter, so if people want to smuggle data, they put it in his head. So he's like a cyborg, kind of like it. What do you what do you call that when you're half? Well, no, he's more like, I guess, a human with cybernetic so, plugins. Wasn't that? I mean, isn't that the definition of cyborg? I mean, that's why the board called themselves the board. Fuck, I don't know, dude. I don't want to talk about science fiction. Like the Borg. Well, I guess we were talking about Johnny Mnemonic. I don't know what the fucking definition of a cyborg is. Um, Now now I've got to look it up. Um, So anyway, a dystopian movie. I mean, I'm sure all of you have your favorites. Um, The first movie I ever remember seeing, and I didn't even realize it was a dystopian movie, it wasn't the first movie I ever saw. It was the first dystopian movie I ever saw. Um, I saw it at the drive-in. And for those of you that are under the age of 30, a drive-in is a place where you drove cars in and watched a movie on a big fucking screen. Um, During COVID, they came back, dude. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in a big way. There were some in Wyoming that they reopened. They were doing concerts at drive-ins for a while there. Right, but, oh, yeah, I guess, okay, that's not bad. 
Okay, so maybe all you knew that there was what a drive-in was, and I apologize for being an asshole. Yeah, don't worry. You're going to be an asshole again. <laughs> um, so the first one that I ever saw at the drive-in was Escape from New York. And to this day, I love that fucking movie. It's a cool movie. John Carpenter's a badass. Kurt, Kurt Russell is such a douchebag, though, dude. I mean, he is, he is not the, uh, he's not going to get any Academy Awards. Not that getting an Academy Award in this day and age when they're essentially bought and sold. I mean, some, some, they're always generally speaking decent movies, but whatever. I don't know, dude, big trouble in little China and that's not dystopian, but that was fucking badass. I'm pretty sure that he was not going to get nominated for big, and I love big trouble in little China, but John Carpenter, the way that he made movies was just fucking, he, he liked the weird shit and the, the sort of like, uh, Kind of goofy, well, so, funny stupidness. Escape from New York is badass. Yeah. Right? I like it. It's fine. 20 years later, he did, or not, maybe not 20, but he did Escape, Escape from, from LA, LA. Yeah. which yeah. was not Escape from New York. And, just, and they made it, I think, hokey on purpose. That, that's what I meant, the hokey thing. That's a John Carpenter. Did, did Carpenter do the second one as well? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean... It, because the first one didn't have that hokey shit like the surfing. Yeah, the sur- that's all I remember. I did. I don't think I watched the whole fucking Escape from L.A., but the surfing scene is all that I fucking see in my head, and I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yet another dystopian movie, and I don't think from the sound of it, it's on either of our top 10, top 20, or even top 50 yeah. list. Um, so a cyborg is a person whose physiological functioning is aided by or dependent upon a mechanical or electronic device. So he's got that storage in his head. He's a cyborg. I guess. Do you want to become a lawyer about it? I mean, we could sit there and argue both sides of it, you know, and create some technicalities and, you know, I object I do object, motherfucker. I don't think he's a cyborg. But so anyway, why, why why escape from out or escape from New York? What what is it just because of watching it when you were young? Well, no, no, that was just the first one that I saw. Okay. So I think that that is what kind of attracted me to the whole dystopian genre. Um, Running Man was the one that I remember first seeing. So another fucking awesome <laughs> movie. I love that flick. Yeah. Um. But then the second one, well, I don't know for sure, but Mad Max was there, and then Blade Runner. I didn't see Mad. I saw this. I, I saw Beyond Thunderdome. I didn't see the road. I saw I saw Beyond Thunderdome, and then I saw Road Warrior. And I'm embarrassed to admit, I don't think I've ever actually watched Mad Max all the way through. Well, that one was a tough. So actually, you know what? I think now that I think about it, it was the Road Warrior because that was the second one. Because Mad Max was the one that was done in Um And they were still in Australia when he did that movie. So it was really low budget. Everybody it? was hard to understand. And now that I think about it, I didn't watch that until I was like fucking. 25 30 years old so i didn't see that one right away so it was the road warrior that i saw um so yeah i mean but the budget for fucking mad max was 350 to four hundred thousand dollars, dude and it made a fucking hundred million dollars that's a pretty that's a pretty strong overlay there yeah <laughs> mm. which 
another one of my favorites, and this one is completely the opposite of Mad Max, was Waterworld. I love that fucking movie, and its budget was through the fucking roof, I guess. I think when it came out, I think it was the the highest, the most expensive film to make. And, and it, it was was it directed by uh, Kevin Costner? Was I mean, he, I don't know, but I mean, I love that entire movie. Dennis Quaid was awesome. Dennis Hopper. Yeah, that's what I meant. Not Quaid. Um, with his rock for an eye. <laughs> um. So here's here's the thing, and I, I'm not quite sure why I like them. I think it's because there's always that underdog feeling. You know, there's either one man against the world or, or one group against another group. And I was always I was always rooting for the underdog. Rarely did they win. Um, Demolition Man, though, that was a different one because that one wasn't one man against a group. That was... You know, the two groups, the ones that lived in the sewers with Dennis Leary. Yeah. And then the weirdos that wouldn't eat salt, cuss, fuck, or anything else because it was all bad for them. They ate Taco Bell. Taco Bell, yeah, because Taco (laughs) Bell won the fast food wars. Um, The music that they played was fucking 1950s. Like, No, it was all the fucking commercials. Yeah, Yeah, but it wasn't 1950s because I know a lot of them, like the fucking... The Hormel song and B O L O N G A, Oscar Mayer, O S C A R. I'd say fifties to seventies then. Yeah, by the eighties yeah. we were B O L O G N A was still there for a couple of years, but I I don't think that anybody that was born in like eighty six has any idea. Old old commercials for sure. Those that that was their favorite. No, but their point, oldest you know, station. There's a class system. Like there's the underground people, and then there's the people that are above, and then they reach back into the past, and they pull pull Simon Phoenix forward, and then they have to pull the Demolition Man forward to, right. to neutralize Simon. So, but I mean, that was really Sylvester Stallone against Wesley Snipes, mm-hmm. but. Wesley Snipes was there to kill Dennis Leary because the fucking weirdo in the robe didn't like Dennis Leary and the, uh, the underground people because he thought his society was utopian. Um, and they were upsetting the uh, the day-to-day trappings of the social reproduction of the above-ground people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, you know, that was the first movie. I mean, Sandra Bullock... She was in Speed before that, I think, and I she was in uh, Love Potion Number Nine. That was the first movie I remember seeing her in. That was before she got famous, um, but it had a lot of good actors in it, and the story was good. Go back to the motherfucking dystopian movies, bitch. <laughs> Nobody wants to. Talk no, to not you. Love Potion Number okay. Nine or Speed. Oh, I mean yeah. Demolition Man. Demolition, Demolition Man was great. But Wesley Snipes is a goofball, dude. Like he, he disappeared. I mean, he was fine in Blade, you know, but he disappeared for a good reason. Well, he was not a good actor. No. no. You know what? I was actually he might have last fucked night. Bob Weinstein, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or at least gave him a good, you know, reach around or something like that. How, how do you get a job? Well, fuck Bob Weinstein. Yeah. Can I give you a rub in a tub, sir? 
Um, yeah, not not a good actor at all. No. Um, I was watching New Jack City last night, though. I like the New Jack City. Lullaby, baby. I've always wondered, because there are some actors in movies that have a really good storyline, but the movie just fucking sucks. And I'm wondering if it's because of the director. Or if it's somehow to do with the writer or the producer, because there are movies that should be good that just aren't. Um, well, but I mean, because that's what I'm saying, is that how can he be a good actor in New Jack City and then a shit actor in Passenger 67 or yeah, whatever that, that might just it was. be Because ultimately he wasn't horrible in White Man Can't Jump either right and I, I i like i don't like blade 2 but blade 1 and blade 3 were both you know decent decent films i liked all of them yeah, the second one was goofy as fuck dude so well i, I mean whatever and <laughs> again maybe it's just maybe it's just the context like if it's a good if it, those are decent movies you know maybe maybe it's not that but boy, as soon as he didn't pay taxes for three years he disappeared off the face of the earth forever right but it's not just him it's lots of them. I mean, and I, because I'm still thinking of dystopian movies, I can't think of, but I mean, there are good actors, both male and female, that I've seen in one movie where I think, God damn, this is a good movie. They're a great actor. And then I see another movie and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I actually think Jeff Daniels is a good example of that. I've seen him do some bad, stupid fucking shit. He's the one that was in Newsroom and stuff, right? I, and I've seen him do some things there. He was uh, the, dumb and dumber. <laughs> but that was just a. I mean, that's like Saturday Night Live relived or something like that. That was a great movie. Yeah, the the first one was 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 funny ish. I so, don't know about all of the others. I haven't seen them. He did. He did that. Uh, uh, we're going off on. We're, maybe we're just going to skip the dystopian thing today. Maybe we're just going to talk about movies all, all together. But uh, who's the girl? The ghost girl. What was what's her name? Um, Ghost girl, Arquette, the, the, the ghost in Ghost, the stupid movie with, uh, you know, oh Demi Moore, Demi Moore, yes, Jeff Daniels did a movie with her that was uh, the uh, the butcher's wife that was super fucking, that was a good movie. So, but he's done some that are just fucking. He did a Woody Allen movie where he just was a dipshit in it, and sometimes he just is a total dipshit. Also, well, no, I was gonna say. So Kevin Costner was in Waterworld, uh -huh. which I like that movie, Dystopian. But then I was trying to think if maybe he was in a shitty movie that I didn't like. But, you know, he's in Major League. Awesome. Did you um, see The Postman? That was a pretty good movie. It was, it was all right. A lot of yeah. people thrashed on it. But see, that's another dystopian movie. Yeah. Uh -huh. Where people, maybe Kevin Costner shouldn't do dystopian movies. Or he shouldn't do dystopian movies that are three fucking hours okay. long. That, those both of those Waterworld and Postman, but Postman, I mean, like the way that they construct it, I mean, if you can get through it, it's very, it's interesting. I mean, it's, but again, it's not, it's not a page turner kind of movie. No, but what that was was different than most of the other dystopian movies because he was that pie in the sky guy, 
right? Yeah, he he wanted to fucking rebuild things and get things back to where. But not at first. We were a community. No, he was at first. He well, wasn't. He was ripping them off. I mean, he was just trying to get free food at the beginning. He'd come he coming and do a Shakespeare and doing thing. Going and Shakespeare. Yeah, but he he was a, he was a con man. He was a con man, and when they when they they he that was a part of him. And when he went to that first community with with the mailman stuff. Uh, it lit a fire in him because of the way that they responded to him. And then it was, it was like not intentional. It was an accident. But when the accident happened, then he became that, that person. Yes, he did. And especially the, uh, the black kid that was following him everywhere he went. Like, I think he ends up dying at the end of it too. I I think that I can say spoiler alert for a movie that's fucking 28 years old, but he was in menace to society. That was a great movie. But that kid was part of what made him so, you know, yeah. young ho made him realize, holy shit, there's something in this, you know? What was his name? Something Ford, because he was born. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ford Mercury. Ford Mercury, whatever it was. It yeah. was three cars. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that was, a, that was a weird dystopian movie for sure. And, you know, he's dead now, but Tom Petty was in that movie, which Tom was Petty crazy, was, he dude. He was in that movie. <laughs> he was the leader of the bridge people he would occasionally have like little weird him and like tom waits would have weird acting parts in movies here and there just like little ones and it's not like tom petty like he, he really didn't he must have just been friends with kevin Costner, and he's like i just like to be in a movie kevin <laughs> i'll put you on the pre-calling uh, well it was funny in that movie because he actually said, aren't you somebody? And he goes, I used to be. Oh, I didn't remember. <laughs> That's funny. That, those little nuggets, those little Easter eggs are what the film is all about. So, <clears throat> you know, my favorite dystopian creator, uh, I mean, of course, he, he just wrote books, but he's had more books get turned into movies, I think, than almost anybody, is Philip K. Dick. So these are all the Philip K. Dick books. Uh, Books or short stories that I found that got turned into movies. Uh, next, All, Imposter, Radio Free, Albemuth. That is a, is a bad movie, but a really cool story. Screamers, A Scanner Darkly, Total Recall, Minority Report, and of course Blade Runner, which was Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. That's a fucking lot. But you want to talk about a guy who just like, I mean, I know he used to do a lot of drugs. Like, he would go into these universes in his head and just imagine some horrible-ass shit going on with, with humans and you know, the human psyche. And So I've only seen parts of A Scanner Darkly, but Blade Runner is one of my fucking favorites, and I haven't finished the book yet, but um, it's a great fucking book. And if you are a Blade Runner fan... I highly suggest that you read the book because I'm not going to say it's better than the movie, um, but it it is as good with like some bonus shit that you're not going to get out of the flick. Yeah, the animals and and definitely the concept of uh, like you know when something is is alive when, well when the it, whole mercerism yeah, yeah. thing gets yeah. explained in more detail yeah. Yeah. um plus the relationship between him and pre or pris yeah um the fact that you don't ever know whether or not you're not 
something that was created? You know, yeah. is your consciousness real or is it something that's been created for you? Because they don't have a fucking test that yeah. actually does it accurately. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not taking anything away from Harrison Ford um, or or the movie, but um, just the way that he's hunting and in the movie. I never picked up on it. Maybe I need to watch it again, but I never picked up on these doubts, you know, that he has about killing the androids. Um, Have you seen the new one? That 2049 or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Not a huge fan. I do. He's, I think he's my favorite. One of my favorite, two favorite directors on the planet right now. Like he is dude everything he i i I think you should go back and watch it again dude it's fucking it's and it's slow and it's weird i've seen it twice yeah um and maybe it's just because i think too much about the first one Mm -hmm. and i'm trying to compare them yeah they're 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 completely different um but again just not like that it's it's a good movie, mm-hmm. but I'm not putting it on my top ten dystopian movies. Yeah, I I don't even know how to rate the ones that I that I love. I wouldn't even know where to begin with top top this or top that. Well, again, so what's I, your top ten then? I think that changes, you know, from the mood that I'm in. But okay. I think a fairly consistent okay. list, you know, um, always in the top ten are going to be Blade Runner, um, Total Recall. Uh, let's see. The Matrix is going to be there. Um, Escape from New York. And, um, I don't know. I, I fucking love Demolition, man. (laughs) I really do. I watch it all the time. V for Vendetta is, is definitely in the top 10. Um, you know, we talked about, or I said Total Recall. I'm obviously talking about the original, but I, that's a book, and I've got it. I need to read it because the remake of Total Recall I don't really like. But was that that's 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 Philip too, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is and that's yeah. so they remade the movie, uh-huh. and then Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall. They actually went to Mars. Uh-huh. And the new version, which is, what's his name? The Irish guy, Colin, Colin. Farrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they just take a fucking elevator to somewhere else. And I don't, I don't think it's an elevator to the moon, but it's some weird fucking elevator. And so I don't, have you read the book? Uh, is it an no, elevator I, I, in the I, book? I, I haven't read the book. And I watched, I've only watched the Colin Farrell one once. It's okay, but it was kind of goofy, I thought. Well, and the the special effects were obviously better. Mm -hmm. The three-titted girl, (laughs) you couldn't tell that the third tit was fake. But we grew up in that time period. I mean, that that was our special effects, you know, as as children, you know. Now, The Running Man... is always on my top 10, I think. It's a fucking great flick. And it said a lot about censorship. It said a lot about government control and the fact that they use the media to fucking brainwash everybody. And using, like, purging people that you're against uh, through entertainment. Yeah. You know, like violence, you know, as a way of entertaining people. It's 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 a great, great flick. Um, You know, Judge Dredd. 
Um, I've never watched Judge Dredd. Dude, so <laughs> the original... It's Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. so you have to have certain expectations for the level of acting, right? Yeah, he, he's not an A++ actor. Right, but... I, Martin Scorsese is not going signing him to any contracts for... <laughs> but it's a, it's a good flick, but they redid that one too. And I don't know if I can compare the two. Again, special effects were better, but they changed the story where the dread has some fucking like telepath or mind reader with him. Um, and they're fighting drugs and a, a drug czar or not a drug czar, a, a kingpin, mm-hmm. um, you know, because in dread, the projects are the living quarters, whatever are these huge fucking blocks Mm -hmm. that just go, you know, 200 stories into the air. Um, And that was the same in the first one, too. They're not aesthetically pleasing. They're just these giant, like, slabs. Huge, huge concrete. Like the way that the Soviets did them. Yeah. Uh And I've seen that firsthand. Mm -hmm. It actually is really comparable. yeah, so I don't know how to compare the two. I think I like the first one for the comedic value. And I'm not saying the making fun of Sylvester Stallone thing, but it's almost like he's making fun of himself. Kind of like what he does in Demolition Man. There's some sort of hackish kind of like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think those are, are some of my favorites. Have you seen Metropolis? It's a it's a silent film. It's from no, yeah, no. That, I mean, it, it's like like if you and I don't know enough about film to really say for sure whether or not this is absolutely true, but it was one of the very first dystopian films, and it's there. It's very much like Time Machine in the sense that like uh, there are people that live above ground that are the except for it's not a million years in the future where they've evolved to turn into weenies, you know, and then the people that were below ground like come up and eat them, the Morlocks, you know. It's, but their idea that the people below ground, the, the whole film is based on class division. So you have the people underground that are the workers and the people that above are above ground living off the labor of those people. I mean, it's clear that whoever, uh, whoever looked at that, you know, had been reading a little bit of Marx, maybe a little bit of Lenin, you know, but, uh, that's, that's one I haven't seen. I know the premise of it. I need to go back and read some of the older <laughs> stuff like Alphaville or, uh, what is that weird ass, um, one that, uh. Logan's Run. I started watching Logan's Run. Have you ever seen that? I one? need to see that too. Uh-huh. That's Clint Eastwood, right? No, it's 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 not it's not Clint Eastwood. But they 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 kill you when you turn thirty somehow or another. But Clint Eastwood is not. Okay, yeah. no, that's a different one though. Yeah. So, but the older ones, uh, I need to take a little bit. Clockwork Orange is a good one from the the seventies. I've only so. seen parts of that, but Kubrick is one of those guys. Like, I don't know. He's uh. He's kind of along the lines of Lynch, where he gets really deep and really weird. He's and way more accessible than Lynch, though. Lynch, he, Lynch does this thing where he's making, he's intentionally ambiguous. Where I think like uh, Kubrick. Kubrick is, look, he actually has something that he's concretely trying to express. 
Yeah, I need to watch it. Um, you know, so Darren was doing research because that's what he does. Um, so he sent me a, a link to Paste Magazine. In 2021, Paste Magazine had a top 50 dystopian movies. Um, most of them I disagree with, but um, there a lot of them were on that we're talking about right now were on the list. Number one was Blade Runner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And number two was wasn't it was it Matrix or no? I don't think so, but I can't remember because I was a lot of them. I was shaking my head, mm-hmm. but they uh, they did mention Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, they mentioned Dread. Not, Not Judge Dread. Um, so there were there were a lot of them on there. Escape from New York was on there. Um, but you know, so I think really most of them talk about class divisions, um, with the exception, you know, Mad Max and Waterworld were more like anarchy type. Yeah, there's not enough people left right. to have a. So class. there there yeah. weren't class divisions. Um. But uh, Free Jack is another great fucking movie. I've never seen Free Jack either. Amelia Westavis is such a goofy motherfucker, dude. You really have never seen that movie? Well, it's got, it's got uh, Mick Jagger in it too, doesn't it? Mick Jagger oh. <laughs> and Rene Russo. Oh, there's another great actress. Anthony Hopkins. Okay. he's I, 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 How did he get himself stuck in the middle of all those fucking hacks, man? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have no what's clue. The, what's the premise of Free Jack? So Free Jack is this fucking Anthony Hopkins is a rich, rich guy. Um and they've got the technology to grab someone from the past. So Emilio Estevez is this fucking race car driver. And they know the exact time that he's, he's going to die. die. Okay. So Anthony Hopkins is in love with Rene Russo, uh-huh. who in the past had been Emilio Estevez's wife. Okay. So he thinks if he grabs Emilio Estevez's memories and his brain, that she will fall in love with him in the future, right? So... They grab Emilio Estevez, but somehow he wakes up in the process and he escapes. Mm -hmm. So now he's this real guy who's wandering around in the future. Mm -hmm. And you can see the the separation. I mean, because it's perfectly visible. I mean, there's big gates and the huge city behind it. And then all of the other shitheads live on the side, you know, where I would end up being, where, you know, knocking on the gate. It's like castles, yeah, back Excuse in the day. me, sir, can I have some more? Uh-huh. Um, but Rene Russo and Hopkins are inside the gate, uh-huh. and um, all of the, how much the poor time, people are on the other how side. How much time has passed from the time where Estevez dies and uh, Hopkins is courting Russo? Well, that's probably something that they fucked up on because I would think that the technology couldn't have advanced that far. Um, that's why I asked. Yeah, it seems yeah. like there's an awful lot. Yeah. 
But and I remember the scene, I remember the scene where Estevez because he's entered the race car wreck. I remember seeing that that was in the the trailer. But, that was uh, in Pulp Fiction too. They yeah. had that scene in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, when she's watching TV. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's if you're one of those people that only watches movies that win awards, then then none of the movies I've mentioned are going to be ones that you want to watch. I, I I don't need them to be awards, but there are different, like you, like the Demolition Man stuff, that's super hacky. And the difference between that and say like Gattaca, right? That's one we haven't talked about. Good movie. I love fucking Gattaca, dude. Um, Gattaca is very, very serious, you know? And, uh, uh, I just wanted, but this, my favorite one that I would take to the desert Island that, that hasn't been mentioned. I love Terry Gilliam, dude. And I love Twelve Monkeys, but Brazil is one of my favorite movies of all time, dude. Which I've is, never seen it. Yeah, it it it, it kind of goes hand in hand with 1984, another movie we probably should have should have mentioned by now, um, in the sense that it's it's a totalitarian society. <laughs> um, but uh, there's uh, people like rich people, like they get massive amounts of cosmetic surgery i mean it's there's gigantic parodies this lady's face is like melting at the end of the movie because she's gotten so much uh uh surgery and, they did uh, that in escape from la too did they really well <laughs> not them face melting but just the weird fucking mutants <laughs> when they went through beverly hills that's what it was sorry i no, no, go ahead and talk about brazil fine. but you're, you're fine um but uh at the end um one of the things that they play off of because they end up the the protagonist they end up torturing him to death to get information out of him um and which is they're they're kind of comparing it to what's room 101 is that what's what's the room in 1984 you know where they take him to do all the yeah i can't remember i all i remember right now is the chestnut tree but so, so either way they they're they're sort of he, there's no doubt that gilliam is running that uh, uh that parallel and the the protagonist goes through all these fantasies where um, he's trying to liberate this reality, but the the point is is that it, it's only in fantasy that you can do it because they literally are dominating human existence so totally that at every every corner, if you deviate, uh, they they take you in and they reprogram you or they they kill you. There's also all these images about bureaucracy, um, the whole. Everybody that works for the government, they're linked by these uh, vacuum tubes, like the ones at the bank where you drop your and. <laughs> And everybody talks to everybody through these vacuum tubes, and it's just a, it's it's a, it's a totally nightmare scenario. But when it came out, it was so fucking dark that the the which I can't remember if it was Paramount or whatever um, uh, production company uh, backed the film, they forced him to to change it. So there was a Hollywood version that was like ninety one minutes, and then there's the real version that's like two and a half hours. Uh, the Hollywood version, he goes and uh, unites with the woman, you know, and all the bullshit. But uh, you don't want to watch that one. You might watch it just to see how fucked up Hollywood is, but the other one is, is the one that you really have to see. You know, though, I think because people continue to watch movies, I think people like the Hollywood thing. Like, this is not a dystopian movie, but I wanted the Jackal to win, you know, and he didn't. Um, you know, Richard Gere ended up killing Bruce Willis at the end of that movie. Jackal should have won. Um, that Hollywood doesn't like that shit to happen. Um, there's always got to be that good, happy ending thing. Um, 
somehow or another in the, in in this one, uh, Gilliam actually ended up, I think, getting the rights to the original. And, and then and released re- it on his own. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, another thing that's weird with, well, I guess it's kind of the same with books too, but doesn't matter who publishes, your distribution network has to be tight in order to get people to see your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that's kind of weird is that like, you know, 20th Century Fox might make the movie but then it's distributed by Paramount, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not sure how the fuck that works. But um, so I think on some level you got to make distribution happy too um, before <laughs> you know you get famous or whatever. I, I definitely have to check Brazil out. But you mentioned 1984, and the reason that I did not mention that movie is because I absolutely fucking hated it. Um, And maybe it's because of the Hollywood thing, but they, I mean, with the exception of the title Mm -hmm. and the fucking screens everywhere, Mm -hmm. they didn't really stick to the book. No, that that happens a lot. I mean, to be sure, I don't think it, I mean, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, I think that the reality that they were constructing was a fucking nightmare. I mean, which is like the most important, you know, that you can like, just like with Brazil, there's the fantasy that you can, you can change things, but you really can't, you really can't change anything, you know, which of course, like, uh, like I sort of alluded to at the beginning, you know, you have, you have the negative science fiction to show you the, the, you know, be cautious in this direction. You have the positive science fiction where you're dreaming out these different possibilities and stuff. It's important that you have the ones that say, no matter how much you dream, uh, nothing is ever going to change. Not, not, not so that you, you know, accept that, but so that you can at least understand that, uh, uh, that changing the world is a pretty fucking difficult thing. And the people in power do not want to relinquish their positions in relation to it. So it's always, like you said, Sisyphus, you know, it's always, it's a never ending uphill battle where you push the rock up the hill and it rolls down again. You push it up the hill, it rolls down again. It totally fucking sucks. Fucking A. But here we are, still pushing a rock, still standing on a hill. Silent green on people. I have never seen that, but I do love that fucking saying. And I like what they, they did it in The Simpsons. Um, the Soylent Green really? thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that obviously is a famous saying, and a lot of people probably have no fucking idea that Soylent Green was a movie. Um, and what's the, the concept there is that they are feeding the dead people back to us, yeah, right? Because they're, because they can't produce enough food. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, it, environmental catastrophe, overpopulation. The only way that you can maintain a no arable land. Yeah. You, you have to bad water people back to people. Have you seen the movie cloud Atlas? No, you ask me that all the time. Uh, dude, I so, still haven't seen yeah, it. Well, that, I don't know if I can call that one a dystopian because it's way in the past, but it's also way in the future. Like, uh, and there's there's one reality that's clearly dystopian that's clearly rooted in the 1984 thing, but then there's this sort of space where everything comes back together. Um, well, the Wachowski siblings, yes, definitely have a dystopian mindset. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think that they are not 
happy with the way things are, mm -hmm. and they would like to see things change. But yeah, they suffer from delusions of grandeur. I mean, they want. I mean, they and, and they did it with Sense Eight. They're hitting it. Yeah. yeah, at every level they can. There's, there's no. Yeah, and they're all different. I mean, yeah, be for Vendetta, Vendetta, Matrix for sure, Matrix Four. I don't know about that. I don't like it. Yeah, it was. I need to watch it again, and you know, I'm gonna give. So there's. Well, anyway, there's a streaming channel that you... I got that movie early, and I was pretty excited about it until I saw the fucking movie. But it is still on there, so I'm going to watch it again. Um, I think they almost are making fun of themselves in that scene when they say they're making a sequel because Warner is forcing them to make a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> they needed to make more money. Well, and there's a possibility that that was true. Yeah. I don't know what their contracts look like, but there's, you know, if if the movie industry is anything like the music industry, then there's a serious possibility that that happened. Yeah, when you sign on, you're you've got to do what they do. But the Wachowskis definitely, um, you know, I think as far as dystopians go, um, they're probably like I would say. You know, the Fairley brothers or, or the Cohen brothers for comedy and and the Wachowskis for... Dyst dystopians. Yeah. Or at least going through the process of imagining multiple realities to see whether or not you can... Like, they're, they, they're doing both. They're doing the dark and they're doing the light, you know? Right. I mean, the liberatory scene with Natalie Portman in the rain, you know, I mean... That's good, you know. That was a good. That was a very well shot scene. And I, Natalie Portman is not my favorite actress, to be sure. So, dude, she did the professional. I mean, I got, that was fucking awesome. That, that was a and as a kid, dude, she was fucking incredible. You know, that's that's a funny thing. Um, and this doesn't have jack shit to do with dystopians, but I'm I'm they're dystopian movies. I'm kind of curious. So Natalie Portman got huge, and. I think it was because The Professional was such a good fucking movie. So, you know, she hooks up with Jean Reno and, and what the fuck is his name? Gary Oldman? No, the, the, the director the, guy. Oh, 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 oh um, the one that directed Fifth Element. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah. So she got hooked up in this great movie, great director. Um, so she ended up being totally famous and, and got all of these movies you know, and, and became rich and famous beyond her wildest dreams. Luc Besson. Yeah. So, if you're a kid and you end up doing that, well, no, because that kid from The Sixth Sense, I don't know if he ended up going, <laughs> like his parents pulled him out because he had nightmares from doing that stupid fucking movie or <laughs> what. I see dead people. But... He never really did any. I mean, now he's like fat and has a beard and stuff. And he was in um, Entourage on HBO, and he's been on a couple of other shows. He's he was on uh, What We Do in the Shadows, um, which is the vampire show. But um, well, never mind. Again, that doesn't have anything well, to do with you're, dystopian you're about movies. The, the director concept, though. Yeah, like, well, no, I'm really curious now because you said Natalie Portman isn't one of your favorite actresses, but because of, I think because of the professional, she ended up having this huge fucking career. And there are other kids where you can 
say that, but now I've got that stupid fat kid from The Sixth Sense stuck in my head where that didn't happen to him. But lots of these kids end up being famous because they had that one fucking good role. You know, here's here, here's one. Okay, and it connects to to there's there's an area of the dystopian stuff we haven't talked about uh, at all, really. So like the the Hunger Games Divergent Maze Runner, the ones with the you're talking about young adults that are trying to to fight this system and and, and redirect everything. But uh, in Maze Runner, you had Thomas Brody uh, Sangster, right? He's he's the kid who was in Love Actually, right? And like I don't know if you ever saw that. It's a Christmas movie, but he has this scene in it where like everybody that watched that fucking movie will forever remember him as, as, as a kid. And then he did some other stuff where, uh, uh, he's a musician in this other, it's kind of a, kind of a goofy movie. I can't find the name of it right now, but he kind of disappeared for a little while. And then Maze Runner sort of brought him back out. And then did you see, uh, that chess show on Netflix, Queens Gambit? No, uh, you, you should watch that. He plays the, he plays the female chess character. And I had no fucking idea that that was him. And he, he he's. Are you talking about the main character from Maze Runner? No, no, the the not the main character. That him. His oh, buddy, his buddy. He was in a couple of movies that just made me laugh. He played this fucking paraplegic kid in some fucking crazy ass movie. I can't even remember the name of it. And yeah, he's a great actor. But he he had like he had a couple of those roles at the beginning of his career. That, that sustained him, and I can't fucking remember what that other fucking where he played the music, but whatever, it doesn't much matter. And love, but the, anybody that saw Love Actually, anybody listening to this that saw Love Love Actually, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. His mom dies, and he wants to learn how to play drums so that he can get this girl, and he does, and it's fucking cute. So whatever. I know that movie. I saw the end of that because mm-hmm. uh, they ended up at a school play or something, yes, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, Hugh Grant kisses that girl. On the, yeah, it, okay, it, I've seen the end of that. I didn't know that was lo- love, yeah. actually. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, this has been an enlightening conversation, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, as far as dystopian movies go... I highly encourage you all to get out there and watch some of these because they are entertaining. But again, you know, we're here to provoke thought. So, you know, watch watch Waterworld and think about some of the other episodes we've done. Um, watch Mad Max and think of some of the other episodes because it, that's that's really what we want you guys to do is think about some of the shit and let's let's change some shit. Change some shit. I just got to give just shout out a few that we didn't uh, we didn't end up getting to talk because there's just so fucking many of them. Dude. There's a ton, but I Robot, uh, The Island, Elysium, the Coppola concept. I Elysium was fucking good, yeah. and I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna, but I love the idea. I, I just like the Coppola idea. Um, idiocracy that is a great fucking movie (laughs) and i laughed so hard during that that i never even thought it was a fucking dystopian movie and then my my favorite one uh bong joon ho uh snowpiercer i i just uh not not it's because of the way that they like it's one thing if you have class concepts it's another thing when you you literally like have this social space where there's almost nobody left it and 
you literally have all these different staggered like levels of society where horrible things happen to the lowest the lowest of of the low and and they're used for absolutely disposable reasons i i just uh i really like snowpiercer so all right all right well you know the deal um we are on uh twitter at short bus debate tiktok at short bus debate club and uh the phone number is roll roll on out we're good until the next time we'll see you later get off the bus get off the bus <laughs> bye